Welcome back, supers, to another Shark Tank Tank Tales. I am happy, super happy, super excited to be able to share a yet another Shark Tank entrepreneur with you here. So uh, before we get started, I need you to give some super claps. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right this second might feel a little weird, but you know why you're clapping. Give it up for Super Kim Mechwood. Woo! How are you doing, Kim? Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. It's been it's it's fun to be invited. Oh, you are absolutely welcome. I'm glad we were able to connect on Facebook and and get to uh, and and you know I was able to watch your episode and and share it with everybody. And so before we get into it, what was well actually share with everyone because you shared with the sharks what your relationship with Shark Tank was prior to being on Shark Tank. So obviously it's my favorite show and it turns out that I hold the record for the most attempts ever to get on the show. I, I, <laughs> I auditioned so many times. Um, I think I said seven times, but it might've been eight and it's, it's, it's a long story, but it's pretty interesting. I actually auditioned the second season and made it to work with the producers in the third season. And at the 11th hour, they, they pulled me. And the next year I was told I didn't have to audition again by the casting director. And they, the person that I was working with no longer worked at the company. So I didn't make it the next year. I went back the year after that. The casting director said, you're never going to make it to air. And he put me on this other show that he was moonlighting with that was a similar Shark Tank kind of dealio. So I was disqualified for a year. And then I just kept going back and going back. But um, interestingly, I met one of the casting agents on the fake Shark Tank show I was on. It was called Food Fortunes. It was kind of fun. It was just one season on the Food Network. And I met this casting director, casting agent, and she, uh, she's awesome. Her name is Jackie, and she definitely was pushing for me. She was talking about me. So by the time I finally filmed and made it to air, when I filmed, all of the casting agents were in the room with all of the sharks, all of the producers, all of the cameramen. So there were probably about 300 people in the room because, I mean, seven times – to finally make it, they were really thrilled for me, and I was thrilled to have them there. It ga- actually gave me a little bit of um, a little level of confidence, a little level uh, level of um, feeling more secure. Although I did run out of saliva because I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, well. Hey, you know, stay hydrated. Um, exactly. Is the, and, and, um, is the tip? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt you. No, but go the ahead. Funny thing is. I was actually in the tank for about 50 minutes, even though they cut it down to eight and a half minutes. But at one point, Lori asked me a question and I literally had no saliva left. And luckily I hit a bottle of water off the stage and I completely left the stage and went to get it. And they all started laughing. I was shocked it didn't make it to air because the last thing you're allowed to do is to leave the stage. But I honestly had nothing left to speak with. So I left the stage and they thought it was really funny. And I, I was just happy to have some water. (laughs) <laughs> I, I bet. I mean, I yeah, I feel like because um, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that you're out there for more than an hour. And mm-hmm. uh, when that's the case, like and you're talking like nonstop, it, it definitely you, you 
just it's hard, right? It gets hard towards the end there, or even sometimes towards the middle there, depending on how much you're talking versus they're talking and asking questions. I mean, Absolutely. in some ways, they have the they have it easy, right? They're sitting there, like they probably have a bottle of water just behind, like behind them or between the seat or with them in the seat uh, to be able to take a sip, and the camera doesn't have to, you know, be on them at the time, which you know how it's edited. So it, you know, it makes it a lot easier on them. Uh, and don't forget <laughs> the nerves. You're, I mean, I was so nervous, and you're being bombarded by questions, and they all have headsets on, and I don't think that the sharks could hear each other very well. So it's kind of like herding cats to answer the questions, and you have to do it in a really delicate manner because you don't want to insult someone by paying more attention to one shark versus the other. So it's it's a delicate dance. It, it is, and we will we will get more into that dance now. I um the did you use click and carry for each and every time you you, you uh, applied, or did you I use did. different products? Yes. Oh, I used so yeah. When I watched it, I was like, oh, did she come up like have multiple products over the years that she was trying to get on with? Nope. It was click and carry the whole time. Um, I had already been on QVC, so uh, truth be told, I didn't think that I needed Lori, but. And looking back, Lori would have been an amazing partner because one thing I didn't understand at the time is that Lori and Mr. Wonderful have contracts with QVC. So if you don't have a contract with either one of those sharks, your footage can't air on QVC. But um, it, Lori was so nice. She asked such great questions and I really liked her. And it's interesting because editing makes things look much different than they actually were. And it, I mostly spoke with Barbara and Lori for mo- the majority of my time in the tank. Mm. So so normally I would ask, how did you prepare your pitch leading up to your <laughs> opportunity to be on Shark Tank? But uh, clearly you had several years to get this right. Um, I sure did. Um, and, and I worked with the producers twice. Um, ironically, this is a funny story. Um, my producer, his, he's fantastic. His name is Sean. I worked with Sean and Maggie. And Sean said, Kim, do you remember me? And I actually lived in Los Angeles at the time. I actually just moved to Pennsylvania to be closer to my family and to put um, more money into my business. It's a lot less expensive to live here. But um, <laughs> yeah, fellow Pennsylvanian. And it's funny because Sean said, do you recognize me? And I said, yeah, you look so familiar. Well, it turns out he was the assistant to my producer way back in season three when I was this close to making it to air. And he was wonderful. So um, he and I worked through the pitch, pitch together and came up with a couple of different iterations. Plus, I actually compete. I was competing in this contest called the Five Minute Pitch. And um, there were four of us that were competing for $50,000 and mentorship by four amazing uh, entrepreneurial guys who run amazing companies like Jungle Scout, Ecom Crew, all um, my wife quit her job.com, all companies that have to deal with selling on Amazon. So I ended up um, being entered in the contest. So a week before I filmed, I was flying to the contest and I didn't think I could compete because I thought it would be a conflict of interest. So Sean, my producer called me and he said, Kim, do you think you could win? I said, oh yeah. He said, well, then you should compete. And I competed and I won. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so Sean was quite an ally. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, look, that goes just goes to show you that um, it's important to be nice to everybody and and work with everybody that you possibly can because you don't know who they're going to wind up being later on down the road, and Absolutely. that is, I mean, you, you just you just don't know. So, um, you know, be kind to be in general, uh, <laughs> but you know, be specifically kind when you're in a position to uh, potentially capitalize from you know somebody that might be that person that you want them to you know potentially they don't even realize they might be you know a year three years five years down the road because it can make all it's made a world difference to me uh in business because uh, you just don't know you know person pushing the broom today might not be doing that you know five years from now so i couldn't agree more and besides just being nice to everyone leaves you feeling guilt-free so why not live yes. your life peacefully that's my At- motto Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Uh, yeah, it, it, it does enable you to feel more, uh, confident in, in your ability to work with people, uh, to in being in situations and not being like, Ooh, remember that one time I was really like crappy to that one person, (laughs) like that person might end up being, you know, not being so forgiving or something to that effect. And you live with this guilt of like, Oh no, like I, you might not even meant to, right. I mean, that's the, that goes into whole, like, you gotta be. You gotta work extra hard to be kind for all the people. Make up for all the people who just are like, "Yeah, screw that. I'm not. I'm just. It's just me, and and that's all I care about, right?" Um, and and people, you know, people that matter, they, they'll remember it, you know, and and they'll want to work with you. They'll be more interested in in giving you that opportunity, and you'll have awesome experiences like him did, where it's like the whole team is there, the whole team is rooting for you uh, it, it because cute. they know, you know. I was seriously so flattered. It was really amazing, and they all started to cry at the end, especially Jackie, because they knew how hard I had worked, and they were just so happy that it finally culminated in what what I wish for my whole life. It really was one of the very best days of my whole entire life. I, I, I can imagine. I can <laughs> imagine. So working, um, working through the, um, the, what I would imagine is an, uh, an emotional roller coaster of, you know, your, your business. When, when did you start clicking carry? Probably 2008, but I never did it seriously. I, um, I uh, worked in pharmaceuticals and then in medical device sales. So I never ventured out and just did click and carry, except when um, I was on a different show years earlier called uh, the Bethany Frankel show. Do you know who Bethany Frankel is? Mm, I don't think so. She actually was a guest shark in a couple of seasons, but she's from the Real Housewives of New York and she's a multimillionaire because she has an empire called Skinny Girl Margaritas. Yes. Okay. I did. I didn't know she was on the Real Housewives of which one? New York. Of New York. Okay. Yeah. No, we'll never watch that. But um, but I do know. Like, I thought the name kind of sound familiar. But yes, no, I do definitely do remember her now uh, with the skinny girl, Mar- Mar- Margarita. You said. Yeah, and yes. she, so she has a whole or line. Martini, you know, I was think it Martini does... or Margarita? Pardon? Was it Martini or Margarita? Um, she probably does both, but it started out out as margaritas, but now she does salad dressings and popcorn and things like that. And I happened to meet her, um, accidentally because I did a trade show in Chicago called the home and house first show where we were able to pitch to a whole 
group of different companies and one was QVC and unbeknownst to me, QVC really liked me and my product. And then Bethany asked, Hey, did you meet any female entrepreneurs at the home and houseware show who you think may need some business advice? So I was invited to her show thinking I was going to get a small stipend and some business advice. And instead I ended up getting a contract with QVC. So, um, so, so Bethany pretty much put me on the map and, um, I ultimately was able to quit my job to do click and carry full time. And it was because I ended up getting sick and um, I made a a pledge to myself that I would save all my money. And at the end of the year, I was going to quit and do click and carry full time. And I was able to do that for a couple of years, but then I ultimately had to go back to work. But now I'm back to full time, just click and carry. And it's been almost two years. Wow. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. I, that, I mean, that is, it, it is, it is tough, right? Like making those decisions, uh, making the sacrifice. It's easier when you have that push of like, Hey, I'm sick. I can't do the work that I would, but what I would be normally doing now I can die, you know, dive that time into there. And then mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of helps, um, you know, ease you in off the runway a little bit, but it, it but it's still tough, right? It, it is. And it's funny because I actually developed a special click and carry because of it. I'm actually a two time breast cancer survivor. And there's that's the pink ribbon for breast cancer awareness. And I make a special version that a portion of the proceeds go to the NBCC, which is the National Breast Cancer Coalition. So it actually helped me in other ways in that I'm able to give back and hopefully figure out a cure for breast cancer one day. And they're well on their way to to finding that answer. That is well. I mean, that's terrible that you had it twice. Uh, but great that you were able to uh, overcome it, Thank and you. awesome to be able to give give back for it. Uh, you know, that's you know, not to go on a tangent, but when it comes to cancers, like a lot of people, I don't think understand that there's like not one. You know, it's like hundreds of different types of cancer for each of the different types that you can have you know or i think was it i think i want to say like was it breast cancer is like 40 40 some types probably i'm sure there are at least 40 variants that that are known today you know there might be more than that uh unfortunately but you know it's terrible it's one of the reasons i came home because when when you go through something like that you realize what's important it's your family and your friends and i have a ton of friends in california and i'll go back i kept my place i'm renting it out but i really needed to be home with family especially after radiation and it's it's um funny because I have to take this pill up for five to 10 years. It's called tamoxifen. And it really does a lot of damage to my body. It, it It's messed up my face. I usually have nice skin and it's a little bit messy, but I'm here to tell the tale. So I'm dealing with it. <laughs> I, you know, it, well, it, it's, it, well, I mean, it's through and through it's, I mean, cause the other thing is, is once you have it, there's always like, am I going to get it again or mm-hmm. different type of cancer or, or something. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just the days. Right. And that's, I think so important that people realize like what's really, really important to them and, and making that a real priority uh, mm-hmm. in their life and, and in their business and building their business. I always say like build your business for your lifestyle, not your lifestyle for your business. Cause your lifestyle, you know, your business will overtake your lifestyle if you enable it, you know, if you don't keep it in check and, uh, so I think that's that's a really powerful lesson for people that, you know, no matter what part of the journey you're in, 
to always keep in mind that like there's always going to be that next step and mm-hmm. like you can you can grind and grind and grind but if you're grinding away that's the hours and the time um and you're you're not getting the traction that you need to be then it maybe need to reevaluate just the amount of time that you're putting into it because you might just need to take longer because you're not going to have the overnight success that like everybody wants but like <laughs> so few people actually get right i wish i was one of those people <laughs> Okay, me too, right? <laughs> but but it, you know, it, it all it all comes with time, and um, and and I think that's just you know always be reevaluating the priorities, reevaluating where you're at, where you want to be, and and really adjusting adjusting to what your life actually is now, right? Like, you know, in your case, you lived in L.A., right? So making that decision, like, well, I can come back to L.A. I can always get a plane ticket out. Well. I don't know. Plane tickets are kind of hard, <laughs> hard right now. <laughs> but like, I could get in a car and drive there if I had to. Right? Worst case scenario, six dollars a gallon. <laughs> you know, I guess whatever. Like point being, at this point, <laughs> you could walk. You know, it, it's there. It's there. You don't it have to charter yourself. a boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, I, it's just re, re, always be reevaluating those priorities, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's really special um, that you've. That you've uh, taken the time to do that and then acted on that and not just be like, well, you know, maybe someday, maybe someday I'll move back or someday it's, you know, because someday might not be here. We just don't know. That's right. Now, to bring bring (laughs) it on, so, uh, you know, uh, as much of a downer here. um, So so let's, so what are you feeling when you're walking down the the hallway, uh, you know, on your, you know, to to the sharks. I was just I was just so excited. Like, like I said, I had worked so hard to get there. I was just absolutely thrilled to be there. Um, the only thing I would change is before you walk down. I had to walk down to my spot, and I I was looking at my mark um, on the floor, and someone said, "Say hi to Kevin." So I looked up and I said, "Hi, Kevin," and it was Robert. And um, Robert said, I'm not Kevin. I said, oh, Robert, I know who you are. I said, I'm sorry. I said, someone said to say hi to Kevin. And I said, congratulations on your twins. Or I said something like that. But initially, I think he held it against me. I think he was insulted. So I wish I could go back and change that because I think I would have had a a different Robert. But he was still very nice to me. He was such a good guy. Uh, You know, (laughs) <laughs> people get so i mean we see this with damon a lot uh sometimes barbara not so much kevin kevin generally can take a take a punch but you know it, just getting i don't know to me it's 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 almost like i don't know inhuman to to like get a, easily offended by some of the things that and look obviously we see edited down versions of these right yeah. so we don't know everything that was said that led to that point um the editors are world class and they do well, you know between them and the producers do an amazing job but you still don't unless, unless you watch the entirety of the the time that in which you're out there like you just don't know what's said so uh, you know, I, I just feel like it's inhuman in some cases, like for them to get so easily offended and maybe forget that they're where they are. It seems like Robert <laughs> p- likes to point this out about uh, specifically Mark Cuban a lot that he, yeah. you know, <laughs> is is like, oh, you know, that's not fair. Like you're you can't. How do you say you're that? not going for me. <laughs> well, yeah. that's it. Well, that too, right? You're, you're, everybody's always gunning for for Mark over Robert, but 
Um, but but even just Ro- Robert pointing out to Ro- to Mark, like, oh, you're not giving a chance to these people, or you know, they're you're making them nervous, or you know, it, it's you're going, you're attacking them almost. And he he was um, really sweet after that. It was just for a little bit of my time in the tank. So I bad rap. He was a really nice guy, and he defended me, and um, actually came back in. But you didn't see that part. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that well, that that's a shame. So going into the tank, I mean, you you mentioned that you didn't necessarily see uh, Lori as the as the value play for you, but what what uh, what shark did you have in mind that you? Of course, you know, Mark. I, I love Mark Cuban, but like that's all I that I only had eyes for Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Barbara too. I love I really love them all except for Mister Wonderful. I. He scares me. I even tried to diffuse it with him. I said to him, I said, my mom told me to tell you to be nice to me. And I think that was a bad move on my part because he was meaner to me than expected. (laughs) Uh, You know, he knows he's on TV and he knows that he's playing for the camera. Uh, You know, I I don't. Yeah, no, I. I, So. uh, So the idea, though, that you were looking for Mark, what what did you feel was most attractive about your business that Mark would you know resonate with? I don't know that I really thought about that. I just I admire him because he's so smart. And I mean, even look what he's doing now with prescription drugs. It's just amazing. He's a mover and shaker and he's he's a visionary. He sees things way into the future. And um it's interesting because one um email that I sent to him, I was asking him for his advice on a pitch deck that I was preparing for Walmart. And it was really professionally done in 17 pages. And he wrote back and it, 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 there was no fluff. It was just, they don't care to see this. They want to know where you're successful, period. I wanted, hey, Kim, I wanted the huggy touchy. Not, none of that. That's just not who he is. It's just. Well, so so talking with well, talking with people that have worked with Mark, um, how long did it take for him to reply to that email? Because if, if I had to guess, it probably wasn't very long from when you sent it. It wasn't. It was about. It was less than a day. It was yes. the, the next morning. Um, Barbara's guy wrote back um, within an hour, and then Mark wrote back the next morning, probably at 7 his time. So it was 6 o'clock my time. 6 a.m. And then his guy wrote back to me later that afternoon at about five. So he didn't even know that Mark had already written to me. And and so that speaks to everything that I've heard about working with Mark is that you send him an email and he's replying back to that email so quick. Um, and, and you sent him a 17 page, you know, <laughs> I uh, sure didn't read it all, but <laughs> no, no, but, he, but it takes time to open it up and at least digest what mm-hmm. you're looking at to be able to make an assessment and then having to be able to quickly respond to that. So you can move on to the other emails that you're going to quickly respond to. Yeah. So I, I, I think, and then on top of that, you know, it, it, you know, Mark Sky didn't even know like that he had already responded, which kind of speaks to a process problem that they might have, like a like a. I'm, not, I'm sure he has so many employees. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the, I think I love the fact that he he gets back so quickly, and um, and again that just speaks to that. So, uh, how did you come up with your value? I mean, I I know that the producers don't generally give you a lot of 
coaching on what you should ask for evaluation, but how did you go about coming up with your 225,000 for 15% uh, valuation? Uh, by talking to one of my clients, um, I work with uh, neurologists and neurosurgeons at the time, and um, they helped me to, to come upon the right number because ironically, I didn't have a whole lot of sales because I wasn't concentrating on it at that time. I, I just threw a Hail Mary pass and auditioned one last time. And of course, that's the year I'm picked where I didn't have a ton of sales because I didn't put my heart and soul into it. But um, by working with my clients, um, very smart people, neurologists and neurosurgeons are pretty smart. So we just, um, we don't always talk about medicine, obviously. And they thought it was very cool that I was an inventor. And actually most surgeons are inventors. That's where um, most of the patents come from is the medical industry. But um, it was just a fun, extraneous topic to talk about. So I had a lot of input from a lot of my clients. You know, it, it's so often we see the, all right, let's talk about sales. And then it, it, the conversation goes from like, oh, I'm really high up on this to like, yeah, that's really not a lot. That's not, uh, that's not great. Um, and, and it's so defeating, I think. And I think it's also self-defeating. I, I, I've, you know, we've seen it where in the tank where, it's defeating even when they actually have good numbers mm -hmm. that it's sort of like, well, you know, it was like only like $120,000 in the first or maybe by the second year. And it's like, whoa, that's, you know, that's pretty awesome. Like, you know, in a year, year and a half, two years, you've been able to, you know, sell quite a bit. Now, why is that number not bigger? Right. Well, the classic inventory, maybe it's the the virus, maybe, you know, there's lots of different things. Maybe it's cancer. That, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's a that's a big big uh roadblock for when when you have to like sell, you know, one like, you know, item to a lot of, you know, and and move a lot of them to make uh to move the needle. Cuz that's that's something else I th I think sometimes people don't really um take into account. It's like, you know, if I sell $100,000 worth of something and it's like it, it you know it's a it's a eight dollar item. That's an awful lot of eight dollar items to have to sell to even get to a hundred thousand, let alone like a million in a year. You know, right? And 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 it's interesting too because juxtapose that into the fact that I had an amazing job in in medical devices, right? So how do you go back to being a bootstrapping entrepreneur when you're used to making? a good amount of money, a good salary. So it's, it's, it's been an interesting dynamic, but I have to say for the last, it's, it, gosh, it's full, since a month before my episode aired to be doing this full time has been a labor of love, but I still don't make as much as I used to make. Um, but I'm building, so I'm getting there pretty soon. I'm going to way exceed that, uh, salary. <laughs> well, yeah, right. And, and again, uh, that, again, that speaks to, that's a lot of, uh, how much does the click and carry sell for? 1299 for a single and 2199 okay. for a two pack. And, 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 and that's a lot of, I don't you know. That's a mm -hmm. lot of 1299s that you got. It's not like, well, I can upsell. I mean, two, okay. You have the two pack, but it's still a cost on right. your part. It's not like, Oh, I can take this twelve ninety nine, and we sell the other version for fifty dollars, or you know, for forty nine ninety nine. And now, okay, I have to sell that many less to make that dollar figure and make it work. Because then you still got to be able to make money at it too. And and you're right, the the 
having the security uh, is about uh, of a of an industry and a job and a career um, experience and and all that uh, is both a, a blessing and a curse, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's harder to be motivated, I think, than well, when you're like us. your back's up against the wall. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Like you talking about insurance, like, okay, great. Like we're going to, you know, we're going to take 1299 and we're going <laughs> to turn that into insurance and we're going to turn that into a car and we're going to turn that into a house and we're going to turn that into, you know, it's like, that's again, that's, it's just, it's just the mathematics is that's a lot of 1299s to have yep. to sell to make it work. So, um, and you combine that uh, against the, the juxtaposition of like, I have the job, I have the career, I have the, the salary, I have the insurance, I have, you know, especially in your case where insurance is really important uh, mm-hmm. when you, I'm sure those pills aren't cheap that you're taking. Um, so it's, it's re- like those things are really, really important. And there's a lot of people out there that, that have these kinds of issues that like, I already have the house. I already, ha- I already have my life established. And it's like, I have this idea. I want to run with it. Um, I think we saw a really, a really good example. Of that was the, um, the Santa's magic mailbox, uh, oh, for Chris. Yeah. So like, and he's like, well, I don't really want to run the business. I just, we came up with the idea. It's awesome. Like we, we licensed <laughs> it out and it's, it's great. Right. I get the mailbox money, uh, pun intended sort of, kind of um and and it's awesome but that you know not, even that alone just coming up with the idea getting it made getting it licensed and have it you know to find the right person who's not going to screw you in mm-hmm. the process is a, is that's a whole job in and of itself as well on top of being you know the guy who's working the corporate job or whatever so um it's it's a tough it's it's really tough and and I'm glad that uh, you that you've made you know the decision to be able to reduce your income and and bring yourself uh, back in line with with the business to go where you you want to go and uh, look Thank here you. in Jersey because uh, I'm just over the bridge I'm you know outside of Philadelphia for anyone who doesn't know um, we just banned pla- yeah right yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, the the uh, they just banned plastic bags. Mm-hmm. So every time I walk into a store, you know, I, I was wondering, actually, maybe you, I don't know if you have any insight into this. I want to see what the net sales has, what this, what the no, the no bat, no plastic bag thing has done to net sales for the, for like these stores, like, like Wawa and like ShopRites or Acme's or, or these supermarkets and stuff, because I, I, like, yeah, it's not going to affect the person who's bringing all their bags and is like doing their, all their grocery shopping right there, but it's probably going to affect people that I would have bought a lot more, but I can only ca- take what I can carry right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is for me, it's an opportunity to sell more. And I'll give you an example. Um, uh, so up until just a few weeks ago, I live in Los Angeles and we've had banned plastic bags for years now. So you get charged 10 cents every time you have to use a plastic bag or get a paper bag. So we all bring in our own groceries, but that's the beauty of click and carry because not only can you, you could, you know, put all of your bags here on the click and carry and keep it in your trunk. So you always have your reusable bags with you. But one of my favorite things to do is I actually put my reusable bags on the bottom and I hook this to the cart. So my bags are hanging there. I'll get a full cart. And then instead of having to unload everything onto the conveyor belt and then bring up my reusable bags, they're hanging off the side. So I just hand them to the cashier and boom, they're put together. And um, obviously we're saving the earth by using reusable bags, but it's also another opportunity for click and carry in that 
I could sell it as a bundled package. For example, I was just talking to Costco Northern California and they want to do two click and carries with two reusable bags. And um, so I'm going to be sourcing these cute bags that fold into a cute little ball, but they still look like a bag. So I'm going to merchandise it so the two little bags are hanging so people understand what click and carry is because it's not necessarily an intuitive sale. But if you see the two bags hanging from there, you know what it's for. And then you look at the pictures, boom. And if it's right there at the, the checkout, then that's fantastic. And especially in a place like Costco, where most people bring in boxes, they don't really, I think, allow bags. So this is a great thing for impulse buyers who are not buying tons and tons of toilet paper or paper towels or bulky items. No, that's great. And that's a great way to just circumvent everything we just said about raising the price on what you're selling, right? Because mm-hmm. you're talking about now you got two clicking carries plus two bags that are, you know, that look nice and then uh, are functional as well. Now, all of a sudden, okay, I don't know what you're going to charge for it, but maybe it's 30 bucks. You know, yeah. and, and now and it's more intuitive. People are more likely to buy it because not everyone watches Shark Tank and not everyone knows what this is. And you might think it's a boomerang, but boom, if it's there and it's intuitive, you can see what it's for. Wow. No, I, absolutely. That uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense. But I, yeah, I, I, oh, I don't know. So they've had they haven't had plastic bags for years. You said in for years in, we had oh, them wow. back for COVID, but now that we're back to just reusable, we haven't had them for years. You're gonna you're gonna like life without them. Trust me, and you're gonna be helping the environment. It's not so bad, and um, you just have to remember to keep them in your car. So make sure you hook them to your clicking carry, and you'll be set. So I so the one thing so oh, my wife we do the uh, the pickup right so so you order online and, and you pick up the the groceries and Shoprite charges I want to say it's like a dollar or something a dollar thirty or something and they put all of it in in reusable bags well we've only done that like two or three times now we have way more reusable bags than we're <laughs> ever going to be able to use and I'm sitting there thinking like. If they did this for every person that that does the the pickup or or delivery for that matter, I, what what am I supposed to do with all these bags? Like I feel like the, like these bags probably take more energy to produce. Well, they definitely take more energy than a plastic bag. That's one of the reasons plastic bags have had such staying power. But they they <laughs> may, and I have the solution to that problem. And um, I'm actually pitching it to. Um, it's called Peapod Labs. Actually, there's some in your area. It's Giant Market and uh, Giant Affiliates. There are five different uh, companies underneath the same umbrella of Peapod Labs. But for example, I made this specialized Lowe's click and carry, but I could put, let's say, Wegmans. Wegmans is a store that you have in your area. And they could put their their um, bar, their um QR code on there. So people could instantly scan into their website. It promotes customer loyalty. And this could be something that you hand them when they're loading it in your car and they could just attach all the bags to the click and carry. And then when you get home, you just grab your handle and all your bags are attached and you go. So I'm thinking Uh. that that might be something fun for them or just the same as, like I said, you're bringing back your click and carry when you pick up your groceries, but you could also bring back your reusable bags. So they could, Pop them into they the need reason. an exchange program is what mm-hmm. they they need. I think. Well, I think a lot of things need an exchange program. Honestly, Agreed. not just not just for like the bags, but like, I, I well, I, I I could go down a whole road, but like even 
like for utensils and things like there there just needs to be less pla- like we need a we like to put a dent in this universe we really got to do a lot more than plastic straws and plastic bags like agreed it's It's funny because i saw some meme maybe it was on facebook and it people young people were talking to people who maybe grew up in the 50s or were teenagers in the 50s and kind of knocking them about not taking care of the environment and they the, the first thing that i remember they said back was well that's funny because we would have our milk delivered to us in in glass containers and then we would put them out for the milkman and then next week he would come back with more now that's really protecting the environment right yeah but i mean yeah pretty much i mean yeah and we still have the truck the truck the truck driver or whatever but i mean we have tons of truck networks going all over the place now but i would say that it wasn't the the people from the fifties. It was, I guess, the seventies yeah. and eighties. Which, hey, the eighties is the decade that never ended of excess, right? So, so that's where it's like, ah, you know, we'll just make another milk jug or whatever, and we'll recycle it. But then, like, we don't have the capacity to recycle the amount in which we use anyway. So, mm-hmm. it ends up in the landfill regardless. And um, I mean, that's a whole another topic, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to a happy topic and pray that. Yes. That we save the earth somehow. Let's do it. Yes, I, 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 we we are we are sl- I, well. We're working towards it. it, it we are <laughs> we are doing it. It's just a very yeah. It's a depressing topic. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so getting to getting to uh, have an offer from Mark and Barbara. Um, so go go th- walk me through what you were thinking at like in the negotiation process because obviously you you know they ended up with two hundred and twenty five thousand for forty percent which is a pretty sizable difference from where you came in asking at. Well, um, it was an interesting dynamic on the show because Barbara made me kind of a lowball offer. She wanted to buy the whole company and give me fifteen percent. And I said no, and I said it in, almost immediately. And um, my casting agent friends said that they think that Barbara was testing me, and I think that was the case because the minute I said no, she and Mark were talking, and that's when Lori went out. Even though it seems like Lori went out right away, that's um, Lori gave this really long explanation. It was really sweet, and um, she was fantastic, but. After she was done, that's when they made the offer. And I was a, I was heartbroken by the initial offer from Barbara because it was such a lousy deal. And that like hearing two sharks, it didn't matter what the number was. I, w- I wouldn't give 50% away, but 40% for Mark and Barbara, that's kind of a deal. So I just immediately went for it. Yeah, I mean that's look for somebody who uh, went seven times, eight times to get to the tank to to it would almost be I would say like anticlimactic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I the w- only way I would say that it's not is if you had like four or five or six different products that you used throughout those years. You had one product, and to give it all up <laughs> right there mm-hmm. in a in a heartbeat is would not be. Um, not send the right message, you know, it's in it, your heart. It was an immediate response, and I really think it was a test. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely seems uh, like like it was. And so for 
so to be able to get a deal uh, with Mark and Barbara for 40%, 225,000, um, you know, getting, getting out of the tank, what, what was your, what was going through your mind? Gosh, it, please, uh, please let me make it to air. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, that was um, the number one thought. Um, uh, please let the due diligence go well. Um, ironically, I didn't make it to air my year. And um, I found out in February of that year that I didn't make it to air for some reason, my episode didn't, didn't make it. And um, the producer, the executive producer actually called me to himself and I didn't realize it was him. His name is Clay Newbilly. He's the nicest guy in the whole wide world. And I was just devastated. And um, I asked a million questions. He, he said he, and one of the questions was if you're archived, is there a chance that you'll ever make it to air? And he said, well, I never say never, but it's never ha happened before. And fast forward a couple of months um, that that was in February. And then obviously in March is when um, COVID hit. And um, fast forward to May, I get a call from Clay. I didn't answer because I didn't know it was Clay. Um, I was busy at work, but I could tell in the voicemail that he was smiling. So I called him back immediately and he said, um, he said, hey, Kim, do you remember, um, remember you, you asked if an archived episode ever makes it to air? And I said, yeah. He said, do you remember what I said? I said, of course I do. You said, I never say never. Um, and he said, well, you're the one in the million. He said, it's never happened before and it probably will never happen again, but ABC bought your episode. So, so um, my season, I was the only, there were, there were four of us on my episode and the four of us are the only ones who um, didn't ha um, have to stand away from the sharks. So you'll notice that I hugged Mark at the end and Barbara, and I really hugged Mark. I was shocked that a security guard didn't come and get me because I was just so excited to meet him. But um, but yeah, our, our episode kind of stood out like a sore thumb that season because we're the only one without social distancing. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, it definitely uh, stood out to me, given that uh, you know every other episode up to that point had you know had it. Um, yeah, no, I, I looking back through the um, through the Wikipedia, I, I I'd seen that no, they, they all have the same season, like their episode. There's episode numbers, and mm -hmm. then there's like production numbers, and those you know your production number was the only one out of line, <laughs> yeah. you know, for the season. I mean, obviously the the episode the production numbers don't run the same uh, as what they have in. Um, uh, oh God, um, they don't run. They don't, they don't run the same uh, like in order from what they shoot. So. Um, when you, so when you got back to, well, I mean, you didn't, you didn't fly back to Pennsylvania. You, you were already in LA. Right so. Yeah. yeah when you got home, home <laughs> what, what, what were some of the first Rome. things? <laughs> Culver City. <laughs> what were some miles. of the things that you did, <laughs> that you did, uh, you know, to start preparing the business and, and I, you know, I, before you get there, I know it's really nice that, um, that clay gave you that call because obviously you know for anyone who who hasn't been following along here on the channel uh they you only get three weeks notice prior to your episode airing 
and you know, so it, which is really got to be nerve. I know it's nerve wracking. Uh, up and if you wait till the end of the season, you know, waiting till the end of the season, you're like, oh man, maybe we're not going to get the air. Maybe it's not going to happen. Um, and and in the meantime, you're like, do I stock up more inventory? I can't really tell anybody, uh, you know, or anything like that. So for you, like, what was some of the things you did in preparation for potentially being in uh, airing in that season? Well, I did actually buy more inventory. Thank God I won the 50000 just a week before I shot. <laughs> um, I needed more than that, but um, I stocked up, and good thing I did. It was fantastic. Being on that show is like a free half a million dollar commercial. It's fantastic. Um, I, I, I really was able to get everything in order. Um, it, for me, it was a blessing in disguise. If I had aired the year that I shot... Um, I wouldn't have been prepared. I wouldn't have had the inventory. I wouldn't have had the know-how. I wouldn't have had a 3PL, which is um, a third-party logistics center. I wouldn't have outsourced accounting at that time. So I wouldn't have been prepared. And um, God was looking out for me for sure because it worked out perfectly. Plus, I was on December 11th, and this is the perfect stocking stuffer. So it was kind of um, picked up from different magazines, like Red Book Magazine. And um, uh, it was like best Amazon gadgets under $20. So I was able to sell a ton. I, I, God, one, two, three, I quadrupled my yearly sales in just a weekend. (laughs) So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I probably sold like, at least $300,000 worth of stuff over the weekend. Um, I was on Shark Tank. That is phenomenal. Again, we're talking about 300000 of a $12.99 you yeah. know, product. Um, not a, you know, oh, it's a $300 product. So, you know, yeah, you sold a lot, but like you got to sell a lot more to have a bigger number, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, um, so did, because of because of the illness, did you get to have like a watch party, or what did you what did you do to to celebrate the airing? <laughs> so I I kind of did. Um, it was during COVID. Um, so the first watch party I did via Zoom, I sent my family and there were a couple of close friends over here at my sister's house, and they had a watch party. I sent them food, and I zoomed with them and watched the. East Coast feed. Um, so I was able to celebrate with my family long distance from 3,200 miles away. Um, I don't, I didn't, I missed the the middle of the country, but then, um, like I said, I worked with, I work with neurologists and neurosurgeons. And um, so I was with my very best friends. Two of them are neurologists. One works um, for Sony and um their families were there. So we had a cookout in the backyard because it was COVID. We had a huge screen and um, it was just, it was amazing. Except my phone kept going, ching, 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 because those were all the sales coming in. It, it was really exciting. I had my phone ring the whole night long and the next day. And um, for probably the next week, I had a million phone calls and it was mostly older people because um a lot of them don't know how to use the internet or order from Amazon or even from my website, clickandcarry.com. So I would end up talking on the phone with them. I'm a talker, so I would chat with them for a while and it would be hard to get my work done. But I had about a million packages I had to personally send out, not just for my 3PL, because um, because it was so busy thanks to Shark Tank and the time that they aired me. I was I was so thankful. I don't know if Clay had anything to do with that. I'm I'm sure he couldn't, but 
that guy is awesome. And if he did have anything to do with it, thank you, Clay, because that was a magical timing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Clay. Uh, and, and it, you know, they're not. I mean, it was, it, look, they they know like that the sequencing of episodes and things of that nature. They, um, you know, it's it's important to get like the Christmas stuff close to closer to Christmas. They have the Christmas episode that they usually do, which sometimes only has one or two items that are actually Christmas related, <laughs> but winter related things like that. Because you know, it is it's hey, it says it in the disclaimer. It's not an infomercial, but. <sighs> It's an infomercial, you know, to a certain extent, it's an infomercial. Um, yeah. and I would I would argue that it's probably worth more than than a five, you know, five half a million dollar ad. Um, when you think about uh like a comp- like when people talk about like Super Bowl ads, right? Uh I would or, like I think I just looked it up. I think it was like five million dollars or something for this upcoming year, uh, or this past year, or something like that. And it's like, or four, maybe it was four point seven million. But anyway, point being is, is when the ads come on, people get quiet, and people are actually watching and paying attention at parties <laughs> and stuff, actually actively watching. And that's what's happening with Shark Tank. Uh, and and you know, that's just the air, the thirty second air time is like four point seven million. Like the commercial itself would probably be a, a million, two million, three million plus uh to produce unless you're doritos then it's like <laughs> you know uh, probably about a buck bit you know about three bitty um so yeah i i it's it's awesome to see when things come together did you get the? did you now did they follow the three-week rule for you or did you get to find out sooner no i'm i only i had the three-week rule um so i just i dug in and prepared um I had to prepare to leave my job too because, I mean, can you imagine work seeing me on TV? And I had to say, "Oh, look who's moonlighting!" So, um, I, I did a lot during that time and um, to get ready, but I got it done and it all worked out. Um, the bad news is, at the time, there was a little situation. I don't know if you remember, but um, we had problems with the United States Postal Service. So some of the click and carries didn't get it, get to the people for two, three weeks, which was a a bad reflection on me. But most people understood it wasn't me because my 3PL was able to get them out within 24 hours. It was the United States Postal Service, but it all worked out. I am um, I had a very minimal amount of returns and. Um, a small amount of lost mail, maybe like 600 pieces out of 9,000 orders. And the average order was a lot higher than 1299. So mm. it was, it's really beneficial for me. No, that that's awesome. I remember during that time I, I had sold one of my gimbals, I think, and it left here, like left from my town, went to Philly. And then I think it went to like, baltimore and like died there for like a month before the person actually because i just assumed it got delivered and the guy the person's like hey i never received this and i'm like oh well it sat there for a long time and then when it actually did get delivered it got stolen before the person uh, before he ever actually got the package in his hand after waiting like a month for it and i'm like yeah that really sucks dude like yeah, i don't Baltimore know was rough and there was a place in illinois that was pretty rough too there were two places where they kind of went to die but yeah illinois. yeah it's very it's very real because i definitely was like oh this is like 350 dollars like i don't really i'm don't trying to refund 350 dollars mm-hmm. especially for something that was stolen yeah. you know it was delivered according to the, the postal i mean i don't know why it went to die in baltimore for 
for a month, but probably you in know. the fulfillment center. They they were down workers at that time, so. Mm. But yeah, mine mine is easy because mine's not that expensive, so I could replace it. And yes. I, and you and you factor in a certain amount, but mine's not three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. So I'm sorry <laughs> that you would experience that. Uh, it was yeah, it's it's all good. Amazon Amazon was on my side, uh, so it wasn't the end of the world. But um, but it, yeah. But it still stinks. It's, I feel I feel bad because like I'm I was selling it's used. It's not like I was selling a new product. But like all right, you know what? We'll just cover it and send it out. It was a used product that, yeah. So, uh, what's the what's the future for Click and Carry looking like? So I um I kind of mentioned it. I'm really um, looking into doing customized clicking carries. In fact, um, I talked about um, Peapod Labs um, so that they can do the giant markets. And I would love to get into Wegmans. I'm not into Wegmans yet, so that would be ideal. But also, um, uh, I'm actually pitching to this group that does high rises, residential high rises, and they want to put their logo on there and give it out as a gift for all of their new, um, all of all of their new renters in in their establishments. So that would be a really lovely gift, especially because if you live in a high rise, chances are you're living in a walking city, and this is the perfect product for a walking city. I could see. I mean, we, I know we were talking about real estate agents for prior to this, but I could see real estate uh, agents wanting that on you know their logo on that as well. Absolutely. You know, buy you get a new house or whatever, and here you know here's a, a pair of click and carries uh, with oh, some bags. And I forgot to tell you, I'm sorry. Um, I have two new inventions that, um, and I I'm I'm close to finalizing, but one is basically um, imagine a strapping system that goes cross body. And imagine that it's connected to the equivalent of, let's say, a big blood pressure band. And it would be so that crossbody, you could hold your stand-up paddleboard, your surfboard, or even for the construction industry, your ladder. You could wear it like a purse. And then when your shoulder starts to hurt, you just flip it and wear it on the other shoulder. And then I have a smaller version that is also crossbody, but imagine it more like a hammock. And it could be so you can carry things like a case of water bottles, which you know, in Los Angeles, I live in a condo, so I have to go through multiple doors or up the elevator or up the stairs. It's a pain in the butt. But with the crossbody hammock thingamajig, you could use your hip as an anchor. And again, when, let's say, your shoulder starts to hurt, you could just flip sides or you could even have it in your back and you could have it in front of you like those cigarette sales women from the 20s and 30s. Um, but I know it sounds silly, but just to be able to take a break it, instead of having to exert your arms and carry them out stretched to carry a case of water bottles, to be able to take a quick breather is fantastic. You could just, you know, sit there and use your hip. So that's what the next two products are. I I love I love I also <laughs> love the fact that you referenced uh that from the 20s and 30s. I mean, I would think more like um like the beer, uh, you know, the beer guys at the stadiums and stuff. But that would be mostly like carrying like a like a crate of, of beer bottles at this point. But but like some of them still, you know, certain things. So popcorn, uh, you know, still f- falls in in like that. Exactly, like that. you know, just what I'm talking about. And it's funny because um, there could be also a cross a, a crossed um, strapping system so you could just carry something heavy. So you know how you have to carry a box like this? Well, you can just use this 
if you like you're wrapping um, a Christmas present when you're putting the bow on top, how you wrap it four ways on each side, it could be something to like that. It is something similar to that where you could just carry your heavy box like this. Obviously, you wouldn't carry it like here. You'd carry it down at your side, but it would be a lot more comfortable than carrying it in front of you. That reminds me. I actually still have this. Um, I forget what the name of it is called now. I want to say it's called PC Grip. Uh, it was much bigger back in like two th- the early 2000s. Uh, basically, it was it's a handle for like carrying your computer, like the LAN parties and oh, stuff. Okay. Um, so it like has like two straps, like one one in the front, one in the back, and you like you just wrap your computer around it. It would have like a like a netting on the side. I still have one up in the attic, but I haven't gone to a LAN party in a while now because <laughs> you know COVID hasn't helped that uh, much, but. Uh, but yeah, so it's so something similar to that, and it has actually, I think I want to say it was like $60, uh, for because I don't know what happened to my original one, so I got one in like 2015 or something. And uh, but it, yeah, so something similar where like you, you know, the same idea, like wrap it around a box, uh, but it, in this case, it's really only meant for computer cases because you know, it's it, there's one handle in the middle and only two, it's like a rectangle, not. Not for square, not for anything adjustable. That's that's bigger than a rectangle, you know. Literally yeah, this a PC. Be, this, case. Is, this one's adjustable, but yeah, but it, it it can make things a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. They had ones for um, uh, uh, monitors as well, like big okay. big CRT monitors, and then when LCDs became a thing, they had ones with like a big like flap on the front, like a soft padded, uh, well padded on the inside. Uh, hard on the outside flap for for your LCD monitor to be able to carry that around too with a strap so you could like throw it over your shoulder. If you find the one in your attic, send me a picture. I would love to see that because I I want to get the full visual. Yes. I well, I think they still sell them online. I'm not really sure. It seemed kind of sketchy when I got my, <laughs> mine. What was it called again? Companies. I'll write it down. I want to say it was the the PC grip, but okay. I'm not I'm you not positive <laughs> that that's uh pc maybe it's pc case grip i don't know i will i will oh yeah it is it's the oh the gear grip the gear, the gear grip? grip pro it's only 40 dollars now wow uh, there's only four of them in stock and it's got this beige old picture that looks like it's from 2004 like a digital <laughs> photo but uh yeah it's so gear grip one word uh is the oh, they actually make a rolling case now it's like 150 dollars i'd have to be going to a lot i'd have to be moving my computer a lot for that <laughs> but anyway uh kim tell everyone where they can go and get them a uh click and carry or two sure so you can go to obviously amazon you could go to click and and it's c-l-i-c-k-a-n-d carry c-a-r-r-y.com um you could get it at um lowes.com thegrommet.com um, pretty soon at peapodlabs.com. Um, I'm onboarding for walmart.com right now. Um, and uh, Bye Bye Baby. And I feel like I'm forgetting someone else. Um, and it's in a couple of uh, stores like Meyer. Um, it's in some retail stores. It's in some Kroger stores, some uh, Pennsylvania stores called Garrity's. So um, I'm getting there slowly but surely. Well, that is the that's what you got to do. One one battle at a time. Mm-hmm. Keep moving forward. Kim, I would love to have you on the show again. Hopefully we could get together. Now you're living in, in Philly. Yeah. Uh, we should get together. Uh, maybe we should go to a Phillies game. Uh, Absolutely. I know Melissa really game. wants to 
make that happen. And they're worth going to see now. So it's, it's yeah, the Eagles as well. But um, but it's a little harder with the scheduling because it's not as like, oh, just pick a night, yeah. <laughs> any <laughs> night. And it, it's good. Um, anyway, thank you again so much for being here, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. And uh, please th- feel free to come back on any time. Thank you. It would be an honor, Joe. It was a lot of fun chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, likewise. You're so welcome. And I appreciate you watching all the way to the end here. If you haven't watched uh, Kim's pitch, click up here. If not, I'll see you in the video down below. Take care and Kobe super.